Hey friends, today's episode is brought to us by our good friends at Chemistry Staffing. You know, one of the things that they really never did teach us at seminary is when is the time to move on from our current church? Over the last couple of years, I've been having a ton, a ton of conversations about this with pastors all over the place. And they really haven't thought through really what does that look like? How do I know when to move on? Well, that's why I'm so excited about this brand new free resource that my friends at Chemistry Staffing are list are offering to you, our listeners. If you go to chemistrystaffing.com forward slash unseminary, you can download one PDF that contains two ebooks, When to Leave and Before You Go. Both of these ebooks are probably the best resource that I've seen for ministry leaders who are really wrestling with this question, when should I leave? And if I've made the decision to leave, what should you do before you go? I want you to drop by chemistrystaffing.com forward slash unseminary to pick this up. It really is amazing resources. It's a two for one pack of these two resources, when to leave and before you go. And while you're over there at, at Chemistry Staffing, you'll notice that they have a number of job openings. This is a time of year where there's some fantastic churches that are looking for new team members and that you might be that team member. Or, you know what you could do, and I've done this, where you'll see a, a church that's looking for someone and you might know someone who would be great in one of those roles. But you know what? Look around, pass on some names to our friends at Chemistry Staffing. This is a perfect time of year to do that. Again, that's over at chemistrystaffing.com forward slash unseminary today. Are you looking for practical ministry help to inform and inspire your leadership? Do you have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of other leaders in pursuit of stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast, presented by CDF Capital, helping churches grow. Visit them at cdf.capital forward slash unseminary. Well, hey, friends, welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. So glad that you have decided to tune in. Man, I'm super excited for today's conversation. In fact, we've had this one lined up for quite a while. Super excited to have Shayla Visser with us. She's the Senior Vice President uh, International with Alpha. If you don't know Alpha, you really should. It's an 11-week course that creates a safe place, whether it's online or in person, where people uh, can really bring their questions. It's an amazing tool and really an incredible movement that started at a church in London called Holy Trinity Brompton in 1977. You may be heard of Nikki Gumbel, he took it over in 1990 and really has repositioned this to, to make a difference all over the world. I think somewhere around 30 million people have taken Alpha all over the world. It's been translated in over, I think, 112 languages. Uh, Shayla, welcome to the show. So glad you're here today. Oh, Rich, it's so good to be with you today. So fun to connect and get a chance to spend a little time on the microphone. What, what, fill out the picture. Kind of tell us a little bit about Alpha. Give us what did I miss there? Tell us about your role. Well, first of all, you didn't miss much. It is true that uh, just about 30 million people have taken Alpha. We have a massive vision to see 100 million people take Alpha through local churches around the world. And it's just fun to hear stories of Alpha in Nepal, Alpha in Vancouver, Canada, Alpha in mm -hmm. Chicago, Alpha in Lima, Peru. And just to know that God is on the move. And, mm -hmm. I, you know, I think Alpha is... The thing that makes Alpha a little bit special is some of our key values that play out in it. And we we mm. really believe in radical hospitality, radical mm -hmm. love and warmth, 
and, and acceptance uh, around mm-hmm. a table and food. And, you know, so we just have some key values, I think, that have made Alpha pretty sweet for this season and, you know, for Gen Z and, and millennials in particular. Mm-hmm. Love it. Well, friends, I need to declare conflict of interest right up front. So I, although I'm super excited to talk to Shayla, really from her perspective globally around some issues that we need to wrestle with and think about as a church, I actually volunteer at my church as an alpha leader. Love it. I love uh, those conversations. I love being around the table. The thing that I, and I love that particular environment. I'm just the guy who, you know, helps with alpha, which is wonderful. It's, it's a, it's amazing. And I love seeing consistently the people that end up in our, in my alpha groups. I'm like, man, these people are wrestling with huge, huge issues. And what an incredible environment. What a privilege as a church leader to sit and listen to someone, uh, explain really where they're at. It's, it's amazing. So, uh, so I'm, I declare that right up front. I love, uh, love alpha. Well, why don't we talk about, you have an interesting vantage point on the church because you interact with church leaders. Uh, not only you're Canadian as well, we won't hold that against you. Hopefully our <laughs> listeners won't hold that against me either. Uh, but not only across Canada, but around the world. And, you know, one of the things that we're seeing kind of in this kind of post COVID, whatever this is, this season is we're talking to leaders like yourself saying, Hey, what are you seeing? What are some of the things that you're seeing around you as we kind of pivot out of all that, as we look to the future, what would be some of the maybe either problems or issues or things that you see church leaders or churches wrestling with in this season? Well, I think what's common to church leaders, and I'm going to talk about all over the world because you yeah. know we network and talk to and listen to pastors mm-hmm. all over the, the world, is their their resiliency has been amazing. Mm, like, so I'm true. Really, like even though they're exhausted and they have taken mm-hmm. hits, I just want mm-hmm. to honor pastors that they've been resilient. Mm. So uh, true. But what I'm noticing is in the midst of all that, church leaders are regathering. They're wanting to know who is in my congregation now. <laughs> yes, it's a yes. big change. You know, people yeah. have moved around. People have left. I mean, key volunteers have left, which is mm-hmm. really heartbreaking. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So people have left and then people have come in and they're trying to discern who is our new core team of volunteers and people mm-hmm. that we can really count on in the congregation. Mm-hmm. But in the midst of all that, they mm-hmm. might not be looking outside the four walls and mm. wondering, you know, who's out there who doesn't yet know Jesus that we need to be thinking about as well. Because it's hard. I get it. We've got mm-hmm. to regather, uh, mm-hmm. get people back on mission, uh, get mm-hmm. people meeting in small groups again. Mm-hmm. How do we then mobilize them to think outside, especially if you have less people coming? It's hard mm-hmm. to think about how you're going to run what you've got internally, let alone what you mm-hmm. might need to do to galvanize people to reach externally. Mm-hmm. Love it. Yeah, I, I love that. I, I want you to push us on that a little bit. So okay. you're so you're super kind, you're nice, which is great. Uh, but I, I, I see this even in my own, uh, just my own personal life. Like it's easy over this season. It's like the kind of, I live closer to home. I spend a lot more time in my neighborhood. It's easy to not look around and see people around me. Uh, when we think about that at a church level, what would be some of the kind of evidence that you're seeing that, hey, maybe maybe we're not looking outside the walls as much as we should. We're maybe being a little too insider focused, not enough outsider focus. Well, I will say that we've done some surveys globally mm-hmm. and particularly in Canada, just mm-hmm. with pastors. And what we found mm-hmm. is that there's an increase in pastors that think it's wrong to do evangelism. Really? So Tell me about th- that. 31% of pastors surveyed say they think it's wrong to evangelize, 
What was wow. more alarming for us is 46% of children's pastors and 48% of youth pastors thought it was wrong. Wow. And it goes to 65%, 65% of pastors said they, they are not prioritizing evangelism. So if you think about just those stats, it really raises the alarm bells to say, okay, church, we have a mission. God has given us Mm -hmm. a mission. And yes, it's been very difficult. Mm -hmm. But what about all those people that are in crisis that don't know Jesus? Give you Mm -hmm. just one small example. Mm -hmm. Uh, This past Saturday, I went and met with, my husband's a a police officer Mm -hmm. and his former partner, uh, she Mm -hmm. just had a baby, she and her husband, and the baby Mm -hmm. isn't gaining weight and isn't doing well. Mm. And so I offered to come and pray for them mm. and neither of them are Christians. She has, she went to Catholic school and hasn't been mm-hmm. to church since she was in grade 12. Her husband's an atheist, but they were desperate mm. and just the ability to see beyond ourselves to the pain, but not just see it, not just say, oh, I'm going to pray for you, which everybody says, fine, thank you, mm. but actually run towards it and offer something in a moment that is beyond our capability to help them, which is offering mm. prayer, which mm-hmm. is calling on on the Father to come in by the power of the Holy Spirit and make a difference. And you know, I laid mm-hmm. hands on their little newborn, mm. and they wept, and they oh, wept so sweet. And yeah. and at the end, they said, you know, maybe we should be going to church. I mean, here's an atheist <laughs> and a person who's not been to church in years, and it's because Love the it. Spirit of God is calling people and Hmm. ministering to people outside of our four walls. And he's inviting us to have eyes to see them Hmm. and hearts to consider their needs Hmm. in the power of the Holy Spirit to meet that need. So Hmm. I just think I don't want us to miss it. So we've got stats on the church, but then we've got an increasing need out in the world today of people Hmm. that Hmm. are longing for hope. Mm -hmm. They're longing Mm -hmm. for someone to offer them something they can't access themselves. And if the Mm -hmm. church doesn't run towards that, Mm -hmm. we're going to miss it. Right. Love that. I love what a beautiful story. Love that picture of... Um, you know, people receiving prayer, being really open to that. You know, we I had a very similar experience in my current alpha group where um, we we actually, at our church, we had a, a mutual friend of ours, Tammy was speaking and she was offering prayer at the end of the service. And um, a lady who had been, actually it was only her second week attending on a Sunday, she came to alpha first before she came to our church. And she was saying, you know, I've never had anyone pray for me in my entire life. And she was, she was talking about how like incredibly special that was. And she's like, I didn't really understand it, but wow, that, that was amazing. And, you know, in the midst of everything that was going on and, you know, in the wrestling, that's, you know, that's amazing. And can I just say, Rich, that I think the secret sauce of evangelism right now, particularly in North America, uh, mm-hmm. the way into hearts is through prayer. Mm, interesting. Because interesting. It, it's so um, caustic, right, in the mm, world of politics yes. right now. And the church mm-hmm. is in the mix there, which doesn't help the narrative that Jesus is good yes. and loving and yep. kind and mm-hmm. compassionate mm-hmm. and slow to anger mm-hmm. and all those sorts of things. And mm-hmm. When we come in just person to person offering a supernatural opportunity, when we pray the Holy Spirit's presence Mm. and present with that person. So don't Mm. miss the opportunities around us. Don't get stuck in the greater narrative of the church, Mm. you know, what people think of the church and the culture is against us, Mm. but get actually stuck in with real people that have Mm. real problems and offer prayer and see how the Holy Spirit leads you. 
and mm-hmm. watch as he opens eyes and hearts mm-hmm. because that's what he's inviting us into the one by one loving mm-hmm. our neighbors. Love it. So good. Well, I, I'm hoping, uh, listeners, as you listened in, <laughs> that you were shocked by those statistics around, you know, 31% say it's wrong to evangelize, 46 and 48 of, you know, children's and youth pastors. I'm hoping, as Shayla said that, that that shocked you. I know it shocked me. Um, but Shayla, let's come back to that. that yeah. we, uh, we, can't, we can't be content with that. Uh, we need to push back against that. What is the, you know, what's the solution there? How do we... Um, how can we as leaders push back against that in our own churches? What, you know, maybe we see that, maybe we look around and say like, oh man, I can kind of see that growing in us. I see this culture maybe growing up around us of, of you know, maybe walking away from evangelism. What would be your coaching for us? I really think we have to redefine evangelism. I think okay. when people, especially if they're, you know, I'm a Gen Xer, especially if mm-hmm. they're younger than Gen Xers, as soon as mm-hmm. they hear, hear the word evangelism, they mm. immediately jump to method. You know, mm. it's like this t- natural Here's tie-in. this pamphlet. Here's this thing. Here's yeah. this tactic. He, yeah. Yes, exactly. And so there's mm. a hangover of a tactic that may have worked mm. in a different generation that's been thought mm. to b- still be fruitful in some way here and mm-hmm. in Canada and the U.S. And therefore they opt out and they have, mm. they really don't like it. So mm-hmm. what we want to do is redefine evangelism, reframe mm-hmm. the beauty and call of evangelism. And so mm-hmm. I want to give you a definition of evangelism that my friend okay. Daryl Johnson has given that I think is not only biblical, but it's helpful mm-hmm. to address this very issue. And it's evangelism is joining a conversation that the Holy Spirit is already having with another person. <laughs> so let me say that again. Love evangelism it. is joining a conversation that the Holy Spirit is already having with another person. So that means before you go in to talk to anyone, the Holy Spirit's already been at work. When you're in the conversation, the Holy Spirit's at work. When you leave mm-hmm. the conversation, the Holy Spirit's at work. Mm-hmm. And so we're mm-hmm. not the initiator. And when we start mm-hmm. to remember that and realize that evangelism is joining what the Holy Spirit's doing. Mm -hmm. It gives you, first of all, relief that you're not Mm -hmm. converting someone, you're Mm -hmm. participating Mm -hmm. in someone coming to faith, Mm -hmm. but it also makes you realize that if you really screw it up, if you Mm -hmm. really say the wrong thing, (laughs) don't have the right answer, can't answer their very complicated questions, Mm -hmm. it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. Love it. So this is, friends, like I, this is a part of why I love Alpha as a movement is I, having seen this firsthand of you know, the training that, you, that you know, your organization provides and then the coaching on the ground around like, it's not our job. It's not my job to do like Bible jujitsu with people and like get them to like take a certain step, get them to say a magic thing that at the end of the day, I, I love it for me as a Christ follower. It stretches my faith to say, you know what? The Holy Spirit's at work in these people's lives. My job is to come alongside and to maybe play a role to ask the Spirit, hey, what part of my what part of this conversation do you want me to part of? Where do you want me just to shut up and not say anything? You know, how do you want me to listen? Um, man, that's that's really life-giving. I find that incredibly life-giving. So, but what does that look like? So how do we how do we in, in our churches join that conversation? How could we, you know, find a way to um, really try to cultivate that with our people? 
Yeah, so I'll give a couple of examples of churches that mm-hmm. I think have done it really well. And it always starts mm-hmm. with the senior leadership of any church, right? Mm-hmm. And it starts mm-hmm. with what are the conversations that you as a staff or you and your elders or your board are having around this very topic? Because it's mm-hmm. going to leak from there. If mm-hmm. you realize as a, a leadership team at your church that nobody's talking about who they have relationship with that's outside of the four walls, that should set off a little alarm. It's <laughs> a problem. And yes. yeah, but, but it does happen. We, it happens at Alpha Canada that we're talking yeah. all about, you know, strategy and mm-hmm. uh, the people we're working with and the church leaders mm-hmm. we serve. And then suddenly we realize we haven't talked about the guest who at the end of the day is mm-hmm. our motivation. And so yes. churches like look at your conversations first and say, does this mm-hmm. come up at all? And I know the churches that are the most um, activated in reaching their communities are the ones that at the staff level, it's talked about regularly. And I'm not just talking about like the senior staff. I'm talking the mm-hmm. janitor talks about it, mm-hmm. the person who's doing maintenance, the person mm-hmm. who's, you know, taking care of the facilities, like everybody's talking mm-hmm. about it. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. got to leak out as culture. Mm-hmm. If mm-hmm. it's not it. culture and it's just one strategy as part of the church, it's not going to infuse your whole church with this desire to reach their mm-hmm. neighbor. So I'd say that's mm-hmm. where you start. What does it look like at the top level uh, um, of your church? Yeah, I love that. That's a real practical takeaway. Like even this week to say, um, maybe you, you do a week of just observing your team, just kind of mentally in your head, like, does that ever come up? And do does it ever leak out of my life? And you know, and where are those conversations I'm having with people when, you know, when am I not just, you know, here in Canada, it's becoming winter. It's very easy for me not to talk to my neighbors in this season. Cause it's like, it's so cold out doing that. Well, at least my part of the country, not where Shayla lives. It's never cold there. It's beautiful there all the time. Uh, but where, you know, what does that look like in my life? But then, and then maybe next week you try to stir that conversation with your team. I love that practically. Exactly. And then there's two other things I'd say to it. Mm-hmm. What are you storying? And what I mean is, uh, if you're in executive leadership at any Mm -hmm. church, there are stories you're telling. So Mm -hmm. how often are the stories being told by staff members, whether Mm -hmm. it's on stage, you know, at the front from the pulpit, or whether it's just like in small groups, how many Mm -hmm. people are telling stories of evangelism mm-hmm. and not just like someone came to faith, but Hey, mm-hmm. I'm, I hung out with my neighbor or I offered prayer for my husband's, mm-hmm. you know, partner mm-hmm. at work. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. How are those stories coming about? Because that's also forming culture, the stories you tell. So even having ears to hear, okay, yeah, we're talking mm-hmm. about it on our staff team, but what stories are we telling that are leaking mm-hmm. out and then becoming mm-hmm. intentionally out? And then the third thing I'll say is what are you celebrating? So in mm-hmm. the church, as you know, it, we love to celebrate baptisms. We love to celebrate people coming to Jesus. We know that the mm-hmm. angels rejoice, as they should, as we mm-hmm. should, mm-hmm. when someone mm-hmm. comes to faith. But here's what that does in the church, if that's the main thing we celebrate, is what mm-hmm. it does is it means the average Christian who doesn't have the gift of evangelism, who is terrified to invite their friend, mm. thinks, I'm not that person. I can't convert anyone. I'm not going oh, to no. do that. Right. But when we celebrate what our part is, mm. then people get on board. So let me tell you what I mean by that. Mm-hmm. Celebrate invitation. Mm. Love it. I'll give you a story from my friend Gary, uh, who is the senior pastor of a very, very large church here in Canada. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. They decided to do a big alpha campaign. They wanted a thousand guests to come to their alpha. Mm-hmm. They were going to run it in workplaces and uh, mm. in uh, schools for kids, et cetera, et cetera, and in the church. Mm-hmm. 
And he had a celebration Sunday. They're Pentecostal. So, you know, they're going to like do the whole crescendo to the best story, right? So Mm -hmm. the congregation Mm -hmm. really gets ramped up to this is exciting. Yes. But, and, you know, he started with someone who said, oh, I invited two friends. They came to Alpha. You know, I'm so excited to see what happens. But the story Mm -hmm. he ended with was a woman in her mid-50s who said mm-hmm. she invited 50 people to Alpha, her whole neighborhood. Well, you know, in a Pentecost wow. church, they're clapping. They're like, this yeah, is amazing. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he said, what happened? And she said, no one came. Wow. And he said, today we celebrate you for doing your part. Oh, that's you so invited. touching. Oh, my goodness. You, you invited. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And see, when we that's flip beautiful. that narrative, we're mm-hmm. helping the church realize, I know what my part is to play. Mm-hmm. Get yes. them inviting. And yes, some people will come. Yeah, I love it. Well, and and we know that, you know, it takes two or three, five or six, 12 or 15 <laughs> different invites with some people, right? They have to hear about it a bunch. They've got to, you know, they they think about it. They might go online, see something. Oh, what is this alpha thing? What is this? Or what is this church thing? What is this? Uh, before I would, would plug in. I love that. Do you have any examples of so one of the things that Alpha does well as a, I would say, as a movement, as an outsider looking in is this whole storying thing, like re- retelling the story time and again, just like woven right into what you guys do. You're constantly, even in today's conversation, you've done a very good job of that. What are some other ways you've seen churches do that well? Um, you know, some other examples of that, of, you know, kind of, you know, storying the right things uh, as a church? Well, you know, for churches that have run Alpha, what we have seen is they always bring up people onto stage, you know, during a service Mm. to talk about, tell us your story. And they ask Mm -hmm. three simple questions. Mm. Um, What was your life like before you came on Alpha? Mm -hmm. Uh, What was your experience like on Alpha? What difference has Mm -hmm. Jesus made in your life? Mm-hmm. Just three simple questions. Yep, you, you, it. it could be, it doesn't have to be alpha. It could be anything, but they yes. do it so regularly that the church is familiar with hearing people that don't know Jesus or didn't know Jesus six months ago, three months ago, a year ago, that mm-hmm. the, the story is being told so often that the mm-hmm. church just thinks this is normal. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. the problem is if we just do it one Sunday a year or two Sundays a year, it doesn't feel like people are coming to faith on a very regular basis. And so what mm-hmm. you want to do is tell simple stories. It doesn't have to take up very much time. These stories, right. typically, when I hear Nikki Gumbel do them or other pastors, it's a minute. It's right. a right. minute and a half. It's so quick. But what you're doing is you're mm-hmm. giving people a vision that this is normal to expect people to come to faith. So I think that's right. the kind of story. I mean, people <laughs> may film it as video because then they can edit it, right. make it as short as they want. Right. But there's something put about some music them. under it. <laughs> Yeah, but you know what? There's something about the beauty of a raw moment. And I love Mm -hmm. that they do this at Holy Trinity Brompton in London, these raw moments with real people on stage. Mm -hmm. Because Mm -hmm. when you do the video, it may be produced beautifully, but in the moment, something's Mm going to be said that's absolutely hilarious or really deeply touches you because it's an embodiment of the story in front of them. So don't get away (laughs) from that, that raw kind of messy testimony that you may have scheduled for a minute and a half and it goes four, but (laughs) yes, but it's beautiful. And the congregation is really motivated to say that could be my friend. Cause what the the congregation is hearing is so many Mm -hmm. stories that they know people like that. Right. And it gives them confidence to invite. Okay, Shayla, I'm hoping our relationship can sustain this. We are two thirds of the way into this interview and, um, you haven't even told us about alpha. Like, this is a part of what I love about your movement. It's like humility is baked into 
what you guys do. Like it is, it's at the core and, and, you know, earlier you just rolled over, uh, which I loved. It was this, which again, I was like, it's very classically, well, it's classically you and it's also classically alpha. You're like, yeah, yeah, we're trying to, you know, get alpha in front of a hundred million people. Like if that was me, I would be like, I'd be leading with that and hammering that, but not alpha. You guys are like, there's, well, there's humility baked right in. It's can amazing. I say rich that this is the reality including yes. Hickey Gumbel, the pioneer behind yes. Alpha. Yes. We all want people to meet Jesus. Yes. Alpha happens to be a tool and right. a ecosystem that really helps everything from church planting to right. um, to creating culture in a church of Holy Spirit dependency, etc. It does mm-hmm. lots of things. Like Most people mm-hmm. think Alpha is just a plug and play tool. They don't realize it's an ecosystem that can really help right. the church. And mm-hmm. when people get the ecosystem, it really flourishes and it helps mm-hmm. build, leader, develop leaders, et cetera, et cetera. But mm-hmm. we're, we're so much about Jesus. Mm-hmm. We're so much about spirit-filled living mm-hmm. that alpha is not what gets us up every morning. Yes. So yes. so people coming to know Jesus does. So really, that's yes. why the posture is we're not trying to sell alpha. We're trying to say, yes. guys, if this can help, let us help you. But we right. need the world to know Jesus. And that's what is motivating to us. Okay. So I'm going to push you on that though, because okay. I want people, <laughs> I think there's folks that have, this is what I have. This is what happens. When I talk to people about alpha, church leaders yeah. across the country, they're like, that's like a curriculum, right? It's like, uh, that's like, what is it? A bunch of videos. And, and it, they think about it at that level. Um, I totally understand, appreciate, and have seen how it's so much more than that. It's a culture. Talk yeah. to us about that. For folks that maybe have a sense of it, it's 11 weeks long. There's a weekend in the middle. There's videos. There's a guy from England. Like I don't know much about it, but help me understand how Alpha could be or has been used as a kind of culture reinvigoration tool. I know it's not it's not the only one, and I know you're not just interested in, in that as the only one, but talk to me about what that actually looks like in churches. Well, I think what we hear and why uh, church leaders, when they really get to understand Alpha, and we do trips where we take pastors over to London, mm-hmm. we have our Alpha mm-hmm. USA conference coming up at the end of January mm-hmm. in Florida. That's a terrific opportunity for people mm-hmm. to really get a feel and an understanding. But here's what's beneath Alpha. So it is what you just said. It's 11 weeks. It's, you know, it's got an alpha weekend, but here's what it does for the church. People that are new to faith or have not even yet heard about Jesus or ever given their lives to Jesus. uh, It is building the type of disciples you want at your church. So that's why mm-hmm. many churches will just say, if you're new to our church, we want you to go on Alpha. And they'll put one group of Alpha that's like people that have been Christians for a while, but they put it through because they want them to understand what radical hospitality looks like, mm-hmm. what love mm-hmm. and action feels like, what mm-hmm. it is to be spirit dependent, what it mm-hmm. even means to be filled with the Holy Spirit, what it means mm-hmm. to pray for people reliant on the Holy Spirit, what it means mm-hmm. to develop leaders who come in, who've never taken Alpha, they don't know Jesus, they come back as a helper because they've come to Jesus, they come back mm-hmm. as a small group leader. So there's leadership development baked into it. There's a mm-hmm. heart for reaching more people baked into it. There's so many things that a local church is like, if I had resilient disciples in my congregation, Mm-hmm. That knew how to pray for others and trust the Lord, how to mm-hmm. be outwardly focused, how to be mm-hmm. deeply prayerful. I would mm-hmm. want that. They realize that Alpha creates this ecosystem. And at Holy Trinity Brompton in London, they always say Alpha is the front door mm-hmm. and church planting is the back door. And mm-hmm. they've planted over 100 churches. 
So it's like they're just seeing people come in, but they've got a certain type of DNA in them when they've taken alpha that really Mm -hmm. helps grow the things church leaders want to grow in their congregation. Mm -hmm. So it's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's the secret sauce that if people understand it as more than a tool, it gives you Mm -hmm. way more than that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Love it. Uh, Yeah. And I've seen that firsthand that you can see this kind of cultural, it's sneaky because you you think about it as a church leader, as a program, but it has a much more um, pervasive or can have a much more pervasive impact on, you know, on the entire church, which I, I just think is wonderful and beautiful. And, um, and at the core is this idea that we're trying to create a place for people who don't know Jesus and are wrestling with what it means with you know, all the big questions in life. We're trying to create a place for them to feel welcome at the table. One of the things that's super obvious um, uh, is this culture of hospitality in Alpha. Talk to us more about that. Why, why, why does Alpha see that as a kind of a, it seems to be like a key part of, of the, of, of how God's used Alpha over the years? Well, we see it all over Jesus' life, right? It's just this <laughs> radical hospitality and welcome of the stranger, of yep. someone who's very different, but also sitting at a table and eating with people. And mm-hmm. so pre-pandemic, Uh, Mm -hmm. meals and food are a very significant part of alpha. People Mm -hmm. often evaluate alpha looking at the videos. Are they good quality? Mm -hmm. You know, and we Mm -hmm. create Netflix quality videos, but they're actually Mm -hmm. just evaluating that. But what they should see is as alpha as a mini little ecosystem within the church is Mm -hmm. actually about the radical hospitality at the table. Then you watch this little 25 minute video, 20 minute video, and then you have open discussion. And so Mm -hmm. what it is doing for people is it's teaching your already existing church members who are volunteering how to be a listener. Because as Mm -hmm. you and I know, Rich, uh, Gen Z in particular want to know that Jesus is good. Mm. And they have to have an experience of it. And Alpha mm-hmm. provides an experience of it, but also teaches your leaders how to be listeners, how to mm-hmm. join the Holy Spirit, how to mm-hmm. shut up and not tell people what they should think. And the mm-hmm. younger generation mm-hmm. needs that. So hospitality, mm-hmm. food, listening, that are those are core components. And that is not what the church is known for. And we mm-hmm. train it deeply into everyone who's running Alpha. Yeah, I love it. So good. Well, I, I've just, this has been a great conversation today. I love that you're pushing us on this and thinking in a new way. You know, as you look to the future, kind of as you're wrestling with how do we, how do you help encourage churches build this kind of redefined evangelism culture? What are some of the questions that you're thinking about as we look to the future, things that you're wrestling with? Well, I'm really wrestling with the next generation. Alpha has always been target locked um, mm. on young people in their 20s. That's who we mm. design Alpha for. Mm. So if you're like, mm. I want to hit Gen Z and the youngest millennials, then mm. Alpha is really thinking always about everything we do is about that, that age group. But then mm. we also have Alpha for Youth, which is mm. really been radically uh, fabulous in our, our network of churches mm. around the world because it's not just how does a youth worker use it, it's actually how mm. do students run alpha for their friends. And we've mm. really got a student-led movement happening. But in mm. the midst of all of this um, and coming out of pandemic life, I hope we're coming out of pandemic life. Yeah, I hope, yes, we're, hope we're through <laughs> it. Um, I'm asking four questions, Rich. I'm asking mm-hmm. the question, what if the future leaders of the church aren't in the church today? Oh, that's then good. The second question I'm asking is, what if the future leaders of the church aren't even Christians today? Mm. What if the kid you pass at the mall, mm. at the restaurant, mm-hmm. wherever, is going to be a pastor? 
but today they don't know Jesus. And then the third question, especially in this North American culture where we understand media is against us. It's just, it just mm-hmm. feels like there is, there is no longer any Christian majority to speak of. Mm-hmm. What if the harvest is actually plentiful all around us and we don't have eyes to see it? Mm-hmm. And then wow. the last question I'm asking church leaders and alpha partners is, mm-hmm. what if all three things are true, what should we be doing differently? Mm-hmm. What should we so be good. doing differently? And the Holy Spirit and your mm-hmm. team and your friends, they mm-hmm. start to actually answer that question. And when you start mm-hmm. to answer those questions, you start to see possibility. I think we're living Love in it. the most fabulous possibility time, even though mm-hmm. the world is dark, even though things are tough. Mm-hmm. The bright morning star shines the mm-hmm. brightest when the night is darkest. Mm-hmm. And I'm mm-hmm. excited. I really think, Rich, the harvest is plentiful all around us. And I can't wait to see what the church does. Mm, because people are longing for hope, they're longing for mm-hmm. peace, they're longing for purpose, mm-hmm. and we just gotta we gotta reach them in the love power it. of the Holy Spirit. Love it, so good. Well, Sheila, this has been uh, what a what a gift this has been today, friends. I hope you've been encouraged and uh, reinvigorated. Lots to chew on. I think I've got a page of notes here, things I need to wrestle through and think about uh, in the coming weeks and months. So I, I really appreciate that, Sheila. If um, is there anything else you want to say, just as we kind of wrap up, any kind of final thoughts uh, as we as we close down today's conversation? I think I just want to encourage and challenge church leaders. You know, I'm a Canadian, so I say it softly. I I want to encourage and challenge uh, church leaders Mm -hmm. in the midst of pulling people back together. Mm -hmm. Don't miss who's outside of your four walls. Mm -hmm. So true. There is opportunity. Your future best leaders, your future best um, staff members, they're Mm -hmm. out there and they don't Mm -hmm. know Jesus yet and you can make Mm -hmm. a difference. Love it. So good. Well, I appreciate this, Sheila. If, where do we want to send people if they want to track with Alpha? Uh, where do we want to send them online? How do, where do we want them yeah, to kind of plug in with you guys? AlphaUSA.org. You're going to find mm-hmm. all of that. And then, you know, please consider going to the conference. Mm-hmm. You'll really understand mm-hmm. the cultural ecosystem. And mm-hmm. it's not just an Alpha sales job. Please, like, hear us. Yeah, yeah. We don't do that. <laughs> yes, um, yes. But come to the Alpha USA conference. I think you will love it. And if you're in Canada, uh, do come over to AlphaCanada.org. Connect with us mm-hmm. online. Uh, we mm-hmm. are so happy to serve churches around the world and particularly in the U.S. and Canada. Love it. Thanks so much. Thanks for being here today. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Rich. Love what you're doing and so happy to be with you today. Thanks for tuning in to the Unseminary Podcast. Drop by unseminary.com for more helpful resources for you and your team. There you will find articles, online courses, and so much more. Unseminary, stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Presented by CDF Capital. Visit them at cdf.capital forward slash unseminary.